to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening, and please continue to share, subscribe, review, and let folks know about this great podcast. Today, I'm in conversation with a violinist, instructor, and conductor from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, They are also the music director of the Petersburg uh, Symphony Orchestra. Please welcome Naima Burrs. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, attention to details. It's, it's just perfect. 10 on 10. <laughs> Sometimes I just go on autopilot. Um, so, oh, good. So again, thank you for, for coming on. And this is, um, it's it's a treat to kind of step out of, outside of this kind of um, like, I know how to talk to like visual artists. I know how to talk to radio people. But when you start getting into like classical music and people who actually have like refinement and culture, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to put a tie on right now. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, you're over there with, with with your blazer and everything. Shout out to you. <laughs> so be, before we get too too deep into it, um, I want to get the story. What what is the Naima Burr story? Um, you know, start off. Give us give us something. Where, you know, where'd you grow up? What inspired you to pursue music, earliest music experience, things of that nature? Let us know. Okay. Yeah, so you mentioned I'm from Richmond, Virginia. Um, I grew up in, I guess I should say, the public school system. So I started violin when I was in the fourth grade uh, in elementary school. Um, But I think my music, uh, my earliest kind of exposure to music would definitely be through my mom, who is an opera singer, a soprano, uh, and a a college professor as well. So... um, all of us, my siblings and I grew up going to rehearsals and hearing lessons. And, you know, she definitely encouraged and influenced us uh, kind of on our musical paths. Although my oldest brother is uh, a lawyer, so he did some music things and then he was like, nah, I'm going <laughs> to go this way. Uh, my younger brother is a, a jazz guitarist and a cool up and coming band as well. So um, we definitely were influenced by by my mom. My dad loved music and always encouraged it, but he wasn't an actual musician uh, himself. So uh, yeah, I grew up doing violin, started that. Uh, I, I started piano before violin. I just didn't like it at all. And I now today wish that I continued, especially as a conductor, because uh, you need to do a little bit of that. But um, violin really caught my eye. And I always say, you know, uh, it's really kind of a sign of how important, you know, public school uh, music education is and the access for kids. Because as I said, I grew up with my mother uh, singing and I grew up going to orchestra rehearsals and, you know, opera rehearsals and all of these things. Uh, but it wasn't really until the violin was right in front of me when the string quartet from the symphony of our town, Richmond Symphony, came and visited the schools and uh, shared with us the instruments of the string quartet. And, you know, being around it all the time, for some reason, still the string quartet coming made it feel so much more tangible. Like I could actually do that. Like I, I was just really close to it and it was geared towards me appreciating it and me having access to it. So uh, as soon as I heard the violin, I really remember going home like, mom, I want to play the violin. And <laughs> I mean, she was ecstatic, of course, like, of course she wanted me to do that. So that's really where it started. And um, just having that experience from these professional musicians coming into the school and just introducing it to us in a way that was casual, uh, but intimate in a way that we felt as though we could actually uh, be a part of that. Um, 
I did, I kind of resisted a bit going into the music thing. I did it, you know, all through high school, but up until senior year, like I was pretty good at math. I was always ahead in math and I thought I was going to be an engineer and that's what I was going to do. And I had a conversation with my orchestra teacher at high school, at the high school I went to at the time, Appomattox Governor's School, Regional Governor's School uh, in Petersburg here. Um, And she mentioned, we had a talk about, you know, it was at the end of senior year and we kind of had a talk about our um, plans, future plans, what we're going to do. And, um, you know, she asked me a bit, what are you doing? What are you going to do when you go to college? I was like, I'm going to be an engineer. Like I'm doing this. And she, you know, she's just like, wait, (laughs) hold on a second. (laughs) And, you know, I remember this conversation with her was so, um, you know, meaningful at the time, but in retrospect, when I, when you think about your mentors and you think about those moments that really meant something to you as you're trying to mentor people and, you know, give them information that'll help them. Uh, she's mentioned something to me that, you know, some people are artists and they have something that's very special to share with the world and they um, have a way of connecting with people uh, and it's kind of a talent and it's something that you should really hold close to you. So it's okay if you're passionate about being an engineer, if that's where your passion is, it's not just that you want to make a lot of money, right? Are you yeah. passionate about doing that or are you are you afraid to be passionate about this thing that you know that you have, you know, a deep calling for? Sure. And I remember leaving that meeting with her and I was like, I'm going to music school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a transformative conversation because, you know, my mom is a professional musician and just naturally as a teenager, you're kind of like, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do that because you yeah. already do that. And it's just, uh, but she kind of opened it up for me in a way that, if you if you're passionate about this, don't be afraid of pursuing it kind of. So um, I ended up going to undergrad for violin and I went on later to do my master's uh, in violin as well in Iowa and always had an interest in conducting. So um, I had a wonderful first of all, in middle school, had an amazing conductor who was our strings teacher an African-American woman, uh, Christy Jo Robinson, uh, Miss Adams now, uh, Christy Jo Adams, and an incredible violinist, incredible conductor. And I was, you know, just so inspired by her. Went to college, had an amazing mentor and conductor, a few, um, Daniel Misik and Aaron Freeman um, in my time in undergrad, then Rebecca Burkhart out in Iowa. So I had these teachers that, you know, I was focusing on violin, but I was always really inspired by um, my relationships and mentorship from these conductors that I had and did some studying there. So just kind of decided to go for it when I wanted to do my doctorate. I was like, there's no better time than now, really. And yeah. uh, my teacher at Catholic really took a chance because I had no deep conducting experience besides some courses. Uh, but he, you know, I had a couple of videos and he thought that, you know, maybe I might be able to do something with it. So uh, he said, yes, well, you know, let's get you started here. And um, that's kind of the the short story of how I've kind of gotten to where, you know, what I'm doing now, but um, a lot of layers there <laughs> for sure. Some people, their their story is like an onion. Some is like a uh, croissant or croissant. Mm-hmm. Croissant, yeah. Uh, croissant. <laughs> you know, just layers, just layers, delicious. Yeah. You know, buttery yeah. layers. 
and and, <laughs> I, and, and, I, and I like one of the things that, that you said early on. I like you know that you share that. And thank you for sharing like that abbreviated, abridged version of the story. But it, it's definitely that access piece. That's that's the thing that sticks out to me. Where I, I remember, and I, I joke about it, like um, like I'm self taught in this lane. I, you know, doing podcasting for 13 years, it's not like I had someone. I had sure. people that I listened to, but it was kind of like, all right, what are the other things that I can compare this to? Public speaking, um, storytelling, and crafting a show, presenting things of that nature. And now they're they're a thing, and I'm a person that's like trying to help people get their thing off and, and tell sure, their stories sure. and such. And one of the things that comes to mind is years ago, um, I, I just remember doing like, as I joke about four hours of free radio and, mm-hmm. um, and it was at a high school and the purpose of it was showing, um, you know, the, 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 the young folks that were there, the children that were there are coming through to see someone that's tangible, that's in a studio, no locked doors. And it's like, yo, I could, I could do that. That's, mm-hmm. that was the point of it. And, and I'm just like not recognizing it at the time, but mm-hmm. seeing it now in kind of retrospect, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Maybe a few podcasters, maybe a few people in radio kind of grew out of that. And, you know, speaking with folks afterwards who are in the industry, it's like, wow, you really have great breath control and just give me all of these technical things yeah. that is self-taught, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that thing that you touched on about having that access and having like, the violin's right there, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing it and it's approachable. That's that's really cool, really powerful. For sure. It's right there. And uh, yeah, I mean, 100 percent. And I think about so many kids that I mean, I grew up in a musical household. I grew up with a mom who's that's her. That's the profession. I mean, like I said, I went to all these things, but it just shows you how important it is for to kind of take it out of that kind of formal setting and to really just bring it to you for the purpose of showing you the kids like this is for you. It's not you just kind of observing what's happening, but like, look at this. You're right here. You can touch it. You can you can feel it. You can hear it close on the vibrations like you're right here in the room with it for the purpose of us sharing it, you know, really with you. And so um, I think of kids who don't have the experience of going to rehearsals from the age of three and whatever, tagging along with their mother, you know, um, that it show, I mean, it's so important there and it's so important for someone who did, you know, was able to kind of go to rehearsals or whatever. It really, the access is just important all around a hundred percent. So it, it kind of is a natural segue to to this part towards the end. We were talking about the con- conductor portion before we dove back in. So, Talk me about what what is it about your personality that meshes so well with being a conductor? Um, and <laughs> yeah, so that that's that's the thing I I, I want to know what have you because uh, you know like people confuse me regularly. It's like oh you you're definitely a type A personality. Oh you're so outgoing. I was like I'm shy and weird, and I look for places to hide in public spaces. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, you know I. When it comes to music and this, I, I, I love the attention to detail. I love picking things apart and putting them together. Um, but I think most of all, and for what I, the reason I enjoy it so much is just kind of the sense of community and everybody coming together to kind of work together to create 
this whole, whatever it is, right? And whatever type of ensemble you're working with, if it's a community group or if it's a professional group or um, starting from where you where you are, whatever the group starts at and finding a way to improve it, to make it better, to make it the best that it can be. And so funny, when I was at PSO rehearsal um, <laughs> last week, Petersburg Symphony, uh, my principal bassoon came up to me. He was like, it's so wonderful that you're a patient person. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what do you mean? He was like, you are a patient, patient, patient. And I'm like, okay, like I take it. I take it hundred percent because, you know, I mean, that's part of it as well. Like having the personality where you want to work with people and it's not that you want to be a dictator. You want to just tell people how it's done and this is my way. And this is, it's really coming in. And so many of my mentors that I look up to really have, you know, tried to explain kind of what's important about conducting is finding a way to make people um, perform in the best way that they can. And that's by having them feel comfortable to be, you know, comfortable to perform, comfortable to play their instruments uh, and to produce the best sounds possible and really just allowing that to happen and kind of bridging between sections and making sure that you're connecting people and kind of being that that person in, in between. So um, I think... I hope that that's kind of what I do with the ensembles that I work with, because that's what I enjoy the most about it. So process, I, I don't even know how this even applies, but I, so just describe like your, your current process, like you, any part of, cause you like to pull things apart, pick things apart and get to the details. <laughs> so what is that current process for getting into the mindset of, of making or conducting music? Let's, let's talk about that a bit. There's a lot that goes into. So <laughs> it's so interesting as a conductor versus a violinist, because um, I still do a, a, a good deal of violining uh, and have students here that I teach violin and such. And, um, you know, the way in which we approach music as musicians is always really, like I said, kind of picking apart, fig figuring out the elements and what it's made up of, learning the historical parts, you know, where the composer's from, what their influences are, where were they in their life when they wrote this specific thing? Where were they in the world when they wrote this specific thing? Like just getting as much information uh, as possible, which is something I teach the conducting students to really delve into the music and figure that stuff out too, so that your interpretation is informed by that, but also, you know, the violin students as well. But I think with conducting, um, because we're standing in front of an ensemble and needing to know what everyone's doing at any given time, like the amount of uh, analysis to understand the score beyond the historical side, right? Um, but just understanding like the form, um, you know, as well as like cueing analysis, like entrances of whoever's playing at what time, as well as like... Um, harmonic analysis, knowing the chords and knowing the way in which the piece is shaped that way. So many analyses uh, and so much time goes into understanding a score. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of one thing that can make it a little bit daunting, but that I like that my current teacher really kind of um, helps that when we're, you know, you're younger in the conducting world and you're studying and you're trying to just figure things out. Uh, one thing he, is that he always reminds us is that it's kind of a lifelong quest. So mm. things that you find in a score, 
when you return to it, because most of the time you're playing repertoire, you're going to repeat it throughout your career. When you return to it, you'll find different things, right? Yeah. So it's layers of experience that come when you return to something. So you do your analysis and all of that, the phrase structure and all of those things probably won't change that much, though maybe you'll come up with some cool idea that you might approach uh, or use um, when you're returning to it. But um, I think just the idea that it's always kind of going to be this layered uh, experience. And the other teacher was talking about the fact that um, if you return to a score and you don't think, you know, five years later, you return to a score and you don't think your markings are weird. Like, why would you do that? You know, then you haven't really developed much. Right. You should always be evolving and always thinking like, I wouldn't do that there. That's funny. This is how I would do it. Right. To show your growth, yeah. to show that you know, your, your opinion and your um, view of things is constantly changing. So, um, you know, I think that what we do with the scores in the moment, um, there's certain analyses that we do as conductors all the time, just to know what's going on, to make sure when someone asks a question, you have the answer, all of that. Um, but I think there's also the larger scale of analysis that kind of happens in layers kind of, um, in your lifetime or of your lifetime that makes it uh that makes it really interesting that, that actually just created a new question i'm going to write down for a little later but it caught my it okay. caught my attention i'm yeah. always i'm always editing i tell people whenever <laughs> i'm looking down or looking away it's like i'm being pensive i'm in it yeah. uh so i i want to i want to get this one from you uh i'd like hearing about kind of uncommon influences that make a person better at what they do. So like I've talked to people say, yeah, you know, I practice guitar and it makes me a better chef. I'm like, sure, let's talk about that. That's really interesting. So do you have any like uncommon influences that make you a better, better violiner? I, I like that that's the way it is or a uh, conductor. Tell me about that. Um, I, I mean, I guess so. I think it, uh, that's a really good question. Um, Certain interests, I think, can help kind of inform us. I think one uh, one that might be something that kind of uh, can be a little bit related or not related, but can kind of help is I'm obsessed with tennis and I have been for a really long time. And the idea, there's this book called The Inner Game of Tennis and the idea of um how much our minds kind of affect what we're doing and how much kind of our mental space uh, and the way in which we think about things is really can make or break what we do. Uh, and I think that idea of, you know, being a, a tennis player uh, versus being like a basketball player where you're on a team, right. And everyone has a position and this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, as a tennis player, like, you know, is you like, and you might have a doubles partner, right. Or whatever. But if you're playing singles, what, what happens and what um, kind of affects uh, the way in which the game turns out is really kind of um, focused on what you put out and how you kind of approach the game. So um, this mindset, and I don't get to play much now, but in high school, like very much. So um, I found that they were very closely related and I was doing violin and doing tennis 
heavily, like competing uh, and doing a lot with violin in high school and um, just being able to go back and forth between the two. I didn't realize until a little later in life when my teacher recommended this book that, oh, these are so closely, closely related. Um, And really just the way in which we think about ourselves and think about what we want to do and manifest kind of uh, the lives that we want, I think is very much in line with with both of those. So maybe that. That's a very interesting observation and comparison. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. And and this 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 aligns to I think a, a bit of what you were talking about um, when you return to music that you've done in the past and kind of seeing what the growth looks like. So mm-hmm. I've read that music, whether it's classical even or even popular music, is a time capsule or setting or setting of a mood. Um, what does music represent to you? Hard-hitting questions. Always hard-hitting questions. They are. Right. These are deep. These are things I'm going to think about probably forever, but um, it depends. That's a loaded question. It's something we talk about, though. Um, like, I teach music appreciation here at Virginia State as well, and approaching music, I guess, in a way where we have this one assignment that, that we do where we're dealing with the elements of music, so I'm teaching the kids, like, this is what rhythm is. This is meter. This is melody. This is harmony. Just basic, basic elements of music, literally foundational things. Uh, so that when we go through the time periods, we're able to hear the melody in the Baroque period. What is that like? Now, when we go to the classical period, what's the melody like? How do we compare them? And we kind of progress through time that way. Sure. Um, and I think part of what we talk about there is really music is um, no matter what the time period really that's probably what you're getting at too, is music is always an art in general is really a reflection of the time in which it's created. Right. So what people were doing in the Baroque period, the music suits their activities and the things that they're doing during that time. Right. Versus fast forward to now where we have lyricists and rappers and um, musicians and artists who are speaking about um, social uh, awareness and racial issues and all of this. Right. It's a reflection of what we're, what we're going through. And I think, um, Finding a way, one of the hardest things kind of is finding a bridge to make the music from a long time ago really relevant to the time in which we're we're living now so that we're not having to like not do that music, but we're finding a way in which it can be, you know, relevant now. So um, music, I mean, music represents, it represents so much. It represents for me an escape. It represents uh, a challenge. It represents um, just love and appreciation. It represents so many, so many things for me. I mean, livelihood. It represents, uh, you know, community. Um, it, it, I mean, there, I couldn't, I could never label it as as one thing, but it represents a lot, a lot of different things. And being able to, um, you know, work with current musicians of the current time, and to be able to, you know, study some music. Um, and learn about composers of the current time and um, how they approach music and how they're creating art to represent, you know, um, the times in which we're living now is is even more even more enjoyable and and a real treat. So, yeah, a lot a lot of different things I think for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. So this is the last real question. It's a two part question though. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, imagine yourself in like, let's say three years or what have you, what do you hope to be different about how you go about your work, your work as a conductor, your work as an artist, as a musician, and 
with that, what is the arc actually for for a conductor? Like, what does that look like? Is it like, all right, two years and do you move out? Like, where ultimately, like, where is like, where is Naima at at the in, in that three year period? That's a good question, but um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. First off, hopefully, um, there's a lot of things that we're doing in Virginia State, um, you know, forming different programs and like, you know, really kind of refining things. Um, a new vision for the PSO. Uh, um, I'm new at U of R uh, as a conductor there. Um, so hopefully in a few years, kind of seeing uh, some of the fruits of the labor of really going hard and really kind of um, new directioning many different things. Because yeah. um, right now it's like the grind of like the change of pace and really just like changing things completely around everywhere. So my world right now is very like, ah, like <laughs> a lot of new beginnings at once. So um, hopefully the idea of being able to kind of settle in and say, cool, we've created an, an amazing foundation and now we're boom, boom, boom. Um, also, there's kind of there's kind of weird age things with conductors, like thir- I think like 35 for many competitions and things is kind of the cutoff age. So in three years, hopefully I'm, <laughs> I've done some competitions because uh, I'm 32. Um, beyond that, the arc of a conductor I think it varies depending on what you want to do. Um, I would love to be, um, there's a lot that comes with being a music director in terms of uh, board meetings and administrative things and, you know, just a lot of that. And then as a guest conductor, um, there's, there are other things, but being able to travel and work with an orchestra and leave that orchestra and go to another orchestra uh, and being able to return if you're enjoyed or if you create a relationship like that, being able to see the world and work with ensembles um, of different cultures and all around. Um, I hope that, that, you know, in three years, I'll be doing some of that as well. So I don't know, for me, I'm a Gemini. So having, uh, <laughs> take whatever you want from that. Um, having, um, I, I don't know how else to say, but having different experiences to kind of create one life is exciting for me. So yeah. it's not that I just want to just teach or it's not that I just want to music direct or whatever, but being able to kind of create, um, a life of things that I'm passionate about and, you know, kind of pastiching these things together, I think is the ultimate goal uh, for me. And just as many experiences, uh, good experiences as possible. Thank you. That's, yeah. uh, that's, I, 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 you know, as a fellow air sign, you know, just <laughs> thank a, you. Aquarius. I, I get it. Okay. You know, okay. My, my brother's a Gemini. My brother's a Gemini. So I, okay. you know, I'm around y'all. Yeah, I get, I get it. That's, that's actually what I said. It's like, yeah, you get it. It's, it's fine. You get it. Exactly. So <laughs> I got um, I got a couple rapid fire um, questions Uh-oh. for you. Judging some water. Uh, yeah, please, please. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, got to be parched. You know, it's like hydrate. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what this is. Some re- reverse ion water. It's fine. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> same. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Um, I got five of them for you. All right. Uh, oh, man. Let's see. I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save the music question for last. Uh, okay. What's the last gift you received? The last gift? Yes. <gasps> oh, 
my percussionist from PSO made me a quilt. And wow. it is so beautiful. <laughs> she apparently is a quilt maker. She's made thousands of quilts. Had no idea. <laughs> uh, it's sitting. It's over here. It's uh, all these beautiful musical instruments. It's orange on the inside. And she surprised me um, for a, kind of a late birthday present. But I think that is the last the last present I've gotten. Yes. That's Amazing. really cool. That's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. The last gift I received is this conversation. Whoa! Ah, fantastic! Yeah. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, after after a big um, performance, a big concert, what have you, what is the post performance activity? What do you do that's regenerative? I would imagine it's a lot of energy. It's being being expelled. Uh, I, I know when I get on stage and I'm just talking, acting like I know something. I'm like, I'm just a husk of a person afterwards. Um, so what is the regenerative activity for you? Man, it's so interesting because, you know, after a, a a big performance or something, I'm, I'm exhausted, but I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Like the adrenaline, I don't know what it is. And so it's really the next day that I'm like, <laughs> right. But the same night of a performance, it's like, you know, I want to be around friends. I want to be around family. I want to, you know, talk to people that were there and hang out and, you know, grab a drink and just enjoy kind of that space because it's, it's always a, um, you know, if it goes well, generally it's a, a, a release, like it's, you know, so much work has been put into it and it's like this moment of, wow. And then after it's kind of a, a bummer if you're just like, all right, that's Mark. done. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope to always feel, and I don't, I mean, I know there are conductors and people who, I mean, they're performing every night and it's just, I hope to always feel a sense of like, wow, like, you know, after performances, I hope I never, never lose that. Cause I think it's really a special feeling and it's something that's so specific to being an artist, like being able to see the product of the hard work and the, you know, um, just the, the energy that you put into something. So for me, I like to to talk to people and hang out. The next day, it's definitely let's go for a walk. Let's be let's be a little silent. Let's go enjoy nature. Nature is always um, my go to. So we have a ton of trails in Virginia. Um, and so just enjoying the state parks and enjoying the river and those types of things um, just to kind of reboot and oftentimes like not listening to music. And if I am listening to music, it's like not the music that I'm conducting or working on. It's definitely going to be different type of music, 100%. So, yeah. What is one of your nicknames? Ema. Okay. Mine's is Rob, which is really lacking. Well, <laughs> it's it's no work was done. It was just like, here you go. Here's three letters. Yeah. And here's the first three. Enjoy. I, I know it. I think my brother created that. Ema and my grandma and my dad would call me Eem. So Ema or Eem is usually one of them. Hidden talent. Do you have a hidden talent? Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a, I love to cook. And so my family comes to me for that a lot. It's probably... Um, I'm into culinary things and like gourmet stuff. So um, mm, maybe extended. that. Yeah, maybe that would be <laughs> maybe that would be it. So you, can, you can't lead with that without saying what a specialty might be. You know, there's souffle in it. What's going on? Oh, 
It depends. I have a, it's funny. I have a weird diet now, but, um, so I don't do dairy or gluten. So it's a little, a little mixed, but we do a lot of, of fish and pastas and, you know, uh, nothing fancy, like, you know, um, crazy decorative plates or anything like that. But I do love to, um, we do love to cook when we have time. Yeah. Lastly. So aside from like classical music and, and things of the sort, what music are you listening to? You said, you know, it's not the music that you're probably playing. So what music do you listen to? Oh, I love Alex Isley. Um, I actually got to play on her last album. Uh, she's incredible. Uh, uh, Ari Lennox, um, Moonchild. I mean, there's so many people. I, I love, um, I love so many different genres of music and oftentimes I'm not I mean sometimes I am like in the classical thing I love to listen to opera Leontine Price if I'm in a certain mood like that's all I want to hear is dramatic opera that just is you know blasting from my car <laughs> on a Saturday errand run or something but um I love vibe music and I love on Spotify being able to choose an artist you like and then put it on that radio so you're discovering you know discovering new artists all the time but most of what I'm listening to if I'm not studying is going to be you know something a little bit different than the classical thing yeah I was um, I've been really into this uh, it's so ridiculous and very much a thing of my age but <laughs> I've been doing a deep dive into the soundtrack of Rocky Four, and oh. uh <laughs> And I'm appreciating like this actually instruments playing. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. these horns, these horns. This is very much like victory right here. Yeah, I was like, give me that, give me all of it. And that's so cool. Yeah, when you see <laughs> realize there's like an actual score, like they're really playing like <laughs> yeah. real instruments. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, I'm just gonna like sweat to uh, music. It's, it's great. <laughs> so. <laughs> With that being said, um, I want to thank um, you for coming on to this podcast and invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, where to check out all of the stuff that you're being boom, 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 as you said, all the stuff that you're involved in. Um, the floor is is yours. Cool. Um, my Instagram is at Naima Burrs, just my name. Uh, you can find me www.naimaburrs.com as well. So most of my information uh, is there old interviews and pictures and blah, blah, blah. But the Instagram, um, we keep up to date with things that are happening currently. So those are probably the best uh, two places to find me. So there you have it. For Naima Birds, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's music, culture in and around your neck of the woods. You just got to look for it. Oh,